Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money. Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Welcome to the next edition of Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. How are we doing, Simon Provan? Doing it's a great, Tuesday. Baxter. It is a Tuesday. Woo, it's, I, this is probably the worst. Thursday to the Tuesday break is just far too long. I, I don't like it. I agree. It. I agree. Although, you know, it gives you an opportunity to go see uh, some Major League Soccer live true. in action. Gives us an opportunity to enjoy the beautiful weather we've had up oh here. Oh, gosh. Unbelievable. It was, it was literally 25 degrees, like, early last week. Now, I don't think people realize how much of a jump we made. It was yeah. 77 I think on Saturday or something like that. It's yeah, it got up to... Well, my car said 80 <laughs> yesterday. Welcome to so, Wisconsin, ladies and gentlemen, where nothing is like ever it is. I think it snowed a couple of days before my college graduation uh, when I went back sure. in 2015 yeah. in yeah. May, like the end of May and then all of a sudden, like, but graduation day was 80 and sunny. I'm but like, I'll tell you what, it's not as crazy as Montana weather. It was, really? I, it was in July. I was uh, touring with Montana Shakespeare in the parks, Ooh. and uh, it was like July 10th. Major snowstorm. What? Built a snowman. <laughs> Two days later, completely melted, and everything's green again. And you're like, oh, no, just kidding. It's it, beautiful. It was cool, though. You oh, know, I bet. It, was, it was really neat to be building a snowman in... In July, and then knowing that, cool, it's going to be nice and warm in just a couple of days. I know. I say, there's somebody I know from North Dakota that he posted a picture the other day. He was like, it, he's like, I have snow on my car. He's like, it's not, it was even before October. He's like, what is going on? <laughs> I was like, well, you chose to move there. I don't know. I don't so know welcome to Two Up Front, the yes, weather show. Yes, right? where we predict the weather and nothing else and maybe talk about soccer. Uh, I mean, speaking of rain, though, Simon, we do have a Seattle rain player joining us at 1212 Central Time. Uh, goalkeeper Haley Kottmeyer is going to be joining us at University of Michigan alum and the obvious successor to Hope Solo, at least at Seattle, and maybe at a higher level, too. We'll have to see where her career takes her, but we're Absolutely. excited to, to talk to her. A reminder for all of you, of course, Tuesdays and Thursdays right here on Spreaker.com. You can get us live from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time and find the show on demand by going to our website, 2upfrontsoccer.com. Go to our Facebook page as well. Had an interesting article up yesterday. Got some fun comments about players getting green cards. Go check out that uh, article if you haven't already. You can also find us on Twitter, at 2 upfront soccer you can also find our own personal twitter handles at baxter colburn at simon provan yeah it is since the show is live you can obviously you know talk with us on twitter and stuff we encourage that please do we'd love to hear from you all right simon a couple of things we should talk about here in the first segment first and foremost bob bradley he did his thing he took on arsenal with swansea the you know the first american coach da 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 da, da woo pomp and circumstance they did end up losing they lost three to two. However, however, they did make a resounding comeback before they ended up obviously losing. But a good result overall for his yeah, first I game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't. Obviously, I'm going to be nitpicky here and say the result itself isn't isn't great. Um, you know, a loss you never want that. However, three to two against Arsenal at the Emirates. That's impressive, Baxter. I agree. And what's what's even more impressive is that the captain of the team has said we are already better under Bob Bradley. Boom. Take that, British media. Everyone is like, down with Bob Bradley. He is an awful American. They don't know what's going on. Well, I will admit, I w- I'm an Arsenal fan, so I was following the game remotely, and I'm like, oh, Theo Walcott is up, you know, got him up 2-0 already inside, you know, 45 minutes, basically. I'm like, well, this is going to be, you know, they're just going to run through Swansea. 
and then they actually ended up finishing 3-2. I was genuinely concerned for a little bit. I'm like, holy cow, Bob Bradley might just inspire the Swans. Well, and they, and they did. You know, there was uh, there there were a couple of uh, nice shots there in the last few minutes. Yeah. But, um, it, was, it was an exciting game. You know, a, a couple of people had commented again on our Facebook page about, you know, this is great for Bob, but you know that the soccer he's going to use is going to be incredibly boring. Well, <laughs> that wasn't boring football. No. In that Arsenal game that, that we saw from Swansea. I think it's hard to play boring football when you've got a team like Arsenal that is similar to the New England Revolution where they're very attack heavy defensively you can be questionable but when they just kind of come at you it's like well we're going to have to step our game up otherwise we're going to get just completely sideswiped. Yeah and a lot of people were questioning Bradley's lineup that he had changed a number of players but you know 20 years ago there was another foreign coach that did that in the Premier League and that was Ars Wenger. And he seemed to do fairly well for himself. 20 years later he's doing just fine. In fact uh, it was ironic that Bob Bradley's first game was against Ars Wenger on uh, Ars Wenger's 20th anniversary of his first game coaching in the Premier League. That's just kind of how the soccer gods like to make things happen sometimes, I feel like. But again, you know, I just I want to I want to give one quote that people may or may not have seen from Sigurdsson, who's really considered yep. Swansea's best player. He says the boys really like the new manager. Training has been good since he came in, really hard and really sharp. I think we have improved since he arrived, and I think if we keep performing like we did in the next few games, we are going to start picking up a few wins. And that's what you want to hear. Absolutely. You know, it's a player. Of course, they're going to try to be complimentary of their coach. Mm-hmm. At the same time, you don't have to be that complimentary. They say they're not going to bring in Bob Bradley and be like, "Look, Premier League title or nothing." Like they they need right. to be realistic. This isn't. It's a about li- survival right it now. Is. This isn't Liverpool. This isn't Chelsea. This isn't a team that has you know three hundred plus million dollars worth of transfer money. This is a team that. You know, is trying to stay above even in the low teens if they're lucky. Not even, not even just you know, above relegation. They would like to be you know that mid table if they if they can. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but I think first and foremost, it's about not finishing eighteen, nineteen, or twenty. Yeah, it's about you know if you finish seventeenth and you stay up, still counts. Still, still counts. In the Premier now, League. the only thing I would say against that, against myself, Baxter, is that's where. Swansea was when they took over was 17th. So you mm-hmm. would hope that they finish a little bit higher from where Bob took over. But right now, sitting in 19th place, um, Stoke is just above them, Sunderland just under them. So we shall see. You know, really, you start looking at, these, at this table after the Christmas break. That's when you get a little bit more yes, of a, yep. a realistic view on the league. Exactly. Well, speaking of a realistic view slash expectations, somebody that I think still believes he's playing in his old glory days is Didier Drogba. And we saw a very, th- a very un-MLS thing. We haven't seen this, I believe, happen in a long time, if ever, in the league. Can you, can you shed a little bit of light about what took place this Absolutely. So Drogba was told that he was going to start on the bench, not because of bad training or anything yeah. like that, but simply, you look at it, the results with Drogba have actually not been as good yeah. in the games without Drogba. So coach of the impact wants to try something else and Drogba basically said if you're not starting me I'm not playing and the rumor is that he actually left the city of Montreal didn't even stay in the city <laughs> okay so this this is what you call entitlement ladies and gentlemen this is what someone that says look I'm going to rest and you know love my my laurels from all my years my champions league my world cup experience if I'm not on the field your team is obviously not very good and that's basically what Drogba was trying to communicate. It's like, how in the world would you ever think that, you know, without me on the field, like, you even have a chance? Well, Montreal has done decent without Drogba. Everybody kind of remembers the whole Champions League thing they did a couple years ago. Drogba wasn't on that's that right. team. That's right. And, you know, guys like Ignacio Piatti are actually putting the Nacho team on Nacho Piatti. Nacho Piatti ends up scoring a brace without Drogba Scored there. two goals. I mean, this is a draw that they very much needed against Toronto, obviously. I mean, of course, they'd have loved to have won the game. However, still getting, a, you know, a draw, scoring two goals... Proving that, look, Drogba, if you're not here, we're still going to push forward. We're still going to try to make this Eastern Conference playoffs competitive. Well, and actually, Baxter, that, if, if I'm looking at this right, I believe I am, that draw is what uh, clinched a playoff yes. berth for Montreal. You're absolutely correct about that. Now, I- I'm curious, if this happens in any other sport, how, big of, how much bigger of a deal of it is, is it? If, if you're talking, well, it, you know, it depends. Again, Drogba, one of the better players in the league, Sure, arguably. At the same time, he's he's of retirement age, okay? Let's yes. be realistic. Um, you're not going to see this happen with a LeBron James in his prime. No. You know, Drogba in his prime, different story. I still think... Well, here, here's what it gets down to. I'm actually going to jump off of this just a little bit. Stay with it, but, but a, a different side of it. Sure. Drogba said one of the reasons he was excited to come over to MLS was to basically help be a guide for these younger players. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, so if that's the case, then suck it up when <laughs> you're told you're going to not be starting yep. and, and show these youngsters how you handle a situation like this on a professional, in a professional way. I agree. That, uh, the professional way is not to get up and pout and then walk out on the leave team the and city. leave the city. That's ridiculous. If this is any other league, you're going to hear, especially if this is the NFL, you're going to hear about fines raining down on this player. I, I don't know if MLS is going to find Drogba for this at all. Should they? I don't know if they can, to be honest with you. I would be speaking unintelligently. Sure. You no, know? I, 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 yeah, I don't, I, I don't I, honestly I, know they either. Could, the, the club could find him, yes. which they should. I agree. Um, because at this point, I think it's over. Hmm. I don't want to be you know, talking in hyperbole, but I think it's over with Drogba in Montreal. Yeah, I would agree with you. All right, well, we need to run to a break because when we come back, Seattle Reign goalkeeper Haley Kottmeyer is going to be here to join us. So you're listening to Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub. Stay with us. Back right after this. Inside the studio, it's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan, we get to head up to the Cascadia region, an area we are becoming much more familiar with as the seasons of soccer continue to progress. If you think soccer in America, some people will say, oh, you think of the Columbus, you know, you think of USA, Mexico, and Columbus, or you think of the East Coast. I think Cascadia has really kind of taken over the soccer landscape in the United States, wouldn't you say? I, you know, I'm going to agree with that, absolutely. <laughs> well, it, it at least shows you uh, what supporters groups mean to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to American soccer teams. Exactly. I completely agree. Well, we are going to head up to the Cascadia region and talk to the goalkeeper of the Seattle Reign, it's Haley Kottmeyer, and she joins us on the program now. Haley, welcome to Two Up Front. Thank you for having me. We are thrilled to have you, Haley. A season in the bag for you. A little bit of an up-and-down season in terms of all the maybe distractions that were taking place, one might say, you know, with the Seattle Reign, with, with everything going on with Megan Rapinoe and Hope Solo. But at the end of the day, you yourself turned in a pretty impressive campaign. What were your, what were your thoughts about your, your 2016 NWSL performance? Yeah, you know, I think um, for us, you know, as a whole, it was a little bit of a tough year just in the sense that, you know, we had the past two years won the Shield and, and done so well. Uh, and obviously to have a little bit of a down year is, you know, disappointing. And I think it obviously gives us something to work for next year. Um, definitely, you know, never a dull moment in Seattle this season. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, you know, I just, you know, I've said from the get-go and in, in, in being there that I wanted to be the goalkeeper that whenever hope wasn't you know available to play or away with national team duty or whatever it was that I wanted to be able to step in and for the team to feel comfortable and like they weren't skipping a beat so you know that's kind of been my goal for for four years and um you know I I, I tried to do that the best I could you also spent some time in the offseason in Australia's double league, uh, W League with the Brisbane Roar, and uh, congratulations on being named Keeper of the Year there. How much confidence uh, did that give you coming into the NWSL season? I think Australia was really great for me um, last year. You know, I was still in a spot where I was really looking to get games. Um, you know, I had I was playing about the past, I would say, two years, probably about half a year with Seattle, just with, you know, the World Cup and the Olympics and everything like that. Um, but for me, going over to Australia, you know, I just kind of wanted to get that confidence, get that rhythm, you know, that playing week in and week out. And uh, 
it, it was exactly that. You know, I loved playing for Brisbane. Um, I had a, a wonderful time there. You know, there's not a lot of bad things to say about Australia in the summer. Um, but yeah, it was, it just so, totally was everything I needed and more. Oh, and that's obvious. We've heard so many players that like to go over and play in Australia. I've never really heard a bad thing about playing in Australia. I personally might have to go on loan and play in Australia for how how great <laughs> it sounds like to go play over. That out with your agent. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I guess since we're on that topic, are you going to go and try to play at all this off season in Australia? Or are you going to try to stay stateside? Um, you know, I actually for the the first time in a while, I'm going to stay stateside this year. Um, oh, okay. I decided to not go back overseas. Uh, it was a really, really tough choice for me. But it kind of came down to, you know, just sort of what I needed now um, in my development and as, as a player. And uh, for me, kind of this offseason, there was a lot of things I wanted to sort of clean up in terms of my health, uh, you know, getting healthy. Sure. And, strong getting really technically clean and, and all those things so um yeah i'm sticking around and i guess i'm gonna kind of put myself through a through a boot camp <laughs> this is two up front talking with Haley kopmeyer Haley, another question for you obviously um you know hope solo is is not with the rain anymore do you know about next year as far as are you are you pegged as the starter now uh you know i i think the the, the way I'm, I'm looking at it is, you know, this is this is my spot to lose at this point. Um, you know, I think that uh, for me, I'm, I'm trying to prove right now and in the work that I'm going to put in and, you know, the work that um, Coach Ben Dragovan is sort of helping me come up with this offseason that, um, you know, that, that, I, that I want that spot and that I can handle it and um, be the goalkeeper that they need. So, you know, uh, I'm just sort of, I guess, trying to, give everybody around me the confidence that, you know, I can handle a, a starting role in, in, with this team and in this league. Well, one thing you, you talk about, too, considering to be, you know, potentially the, the starter going into next season, I feel like if there's one person that might potentially take your starting job is is Joe Kottmeyer. How do, how do you feel a little bit about <laughs> the time that he spent with the team and everything that kind of led up to that? Do you feel threatened at all about potentially having somebody that is very near and dear to your heart take your starting position? You know, I... I never thought I was going to get, you know, totally blindsided by my dad, but you know, it turned <laughs> out that that's what, uh, that's what happened. Um, no, that was, uh, that was quite funny. I, we all, my family got a real kick out of that. I, um, there was a, I guess, uh, I think the Rain Babel account, uh, tweeted that, um, when I was coming back from an injury, ironically, when my family was visiting me in town and my parents were at the stadium watching practice that, uh, you know, that, Joe Kottmeyer was back on the field and, you know, looking pretty good and, and all those things. So he, you know, of course, got the notification and managed to get a screenshot before they could fix the mistake. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a good time with that. I, you know, the old blindsided by dad joke. Exactly, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you got you got to definitely uh, keep it informed this offseason because anybody, you know, you never know, could just come in and be like, oh, sorry, you lost your job, I guess. You just got to always be on your toes. That's uh it's it's always fun to have some sort of a you know thing like that take place. But um, I, I'm curious, Haley, too. One of the things with the with the season as a whole, you mentioned. I mean, you guys you know kind of ran the table last season. You don't make the playoffs this year. As you look ahead to next year, now you lose Kim Little. How are you planning? At least you know initially when you first heard about Kim Little not being there initially. How are you looking ahead to next season now, and especially considering a lot of these NWSL teams are probably going to be even remarkably more strong than they were this this season? Yeah, I think, um, you know, you, you think about Kim and the success she's had over the past couple of years. Um, I mean, you know, just I think kind of, you know, it, it's been an absolute honor um, to play with her day in and day out. She really is as good as, you know, she is pegged to be, and, you know, I've gone gone up against her enough times in training to know that um, you know she she really is special um and i think you know her going home well obviously we're absolutely going to miss her you know for her to get such an incredible offer and you know be able to go home and you know i, I think that's big for her and that's that's big for women's soccer in general um so you know thrilled to have played with her and i think with a player like kim you know you don't you're probably not going to replace her. You know, she, she's the best in the world for a reason. Um, you know, and so you just sort of instead you adapt and you find kind of new pe people that fit, you know, the scheme you want. And then you build around them, you know, you build the style of play around them. So, you know, we're obviously sad to miss and we're going to miss Kim a lot. 
but you know, I know that I'm sure whatever the coaches are doing behind the scenes, you know, I'll be interested to see and you know where we go as a team and what type of player we you know look for and go after in, in this off season. Um, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see. Uh, along those same lines, Keelan Winters been your captain, uh, heart of the team, many would say, and she also announced her retirement. Of course, this was a while ago, uh, not as uh, not as late as we learned about Kim here in the last couple of days. Um, what did Keelan mean to the rain? And same thing there is, is how do you replace someone like a Keelan Winters? Yeah, you know, I mean, they, I, it's kind of cliche almost, but Keelan really was the kind of the heart and soul of the rain. She was sort of everything that team and, and this organization stands for. So, you know, with with I mean with both players you know you you lose fantastic people on the field but but also off the field and obviously with Keelan being our captain you know that the leadership that she brought um both on and off is just is certainly going to be missed and I think you know there's an opportunity now for a lot of players to you know especially long-standing players to to step up and and fill that role um you know they're, they're certainly going to be missed and again I, I don't think you you know replace them but you see what else comes our way and and build around that talking with Haley Kopmeyer here on the shopfutsal.com line on two up front Haley you've had the opportunity to really digest this entire 2016 campaign when you when you look across the landscape of goalkeepers and we had we had Sabrina D'Angelo on our show a couple weeks ago and I asked her this question based off the performance that you saw from yourself this season where would you you know you can you can give yourself a pat on the back it's okay to do so where would you rate yourself among the goalkeepers in this league right now oh i will <laughs> um you know i well that's a tough question um i think <laughs> I it's think okay to be honest i mean i i'm just genuinely yeah, you know, curious I, I you know i think one of the things that makes this league so great is the overall quality of goalkeeping. You know, I'd, I'd be hard pressed to find another league in the world where there are so many good keepers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, to, to be able to go head to head with, you know, we'll hope every day, but also, you know, the Ashlands and the Alyssas and, you know, and, um, and all those guys um, and to compete with them and, you know, help our team get results against really great keepers like that. You know, for me, it's, you know, it just sort of for me, it's like, okay, you know, the, the work you're putting in is paying off and to kind of keep pushing for it. So I, you know, I, I think the world of a lot of the keepers in this league and, you know, I just I just keep trying to be better than them. <laughs> and, I, and I think that's what you want to do. I think that that yeah. certainly speaks a lot to your character, of course. I mean, you've only played for a couple of seasons, so no one expects you to be, you know, potentially the league's best overnight. Yeah, and let's, I mean, let's be honest. Uh, Seattle almost made the playoffs. It came yeah. down to the last day, and a lot of that was due to your great play and your strong organization there in the back. Exactly. So, I mean, you know, at the, at the end of the day, there's only so much that you can do. But kind of going off of what Simon was just starting to briefly talk about with that last game of the season... What would be one of your most memorable games that you remember from this last season? I mean, to, on a lighter note, whether it was a, you know, a win or a loss, but a game where you just kind of left feeling like, I'm going to really remember this game for the rest of my career because it, you know, this happened. You know, I think um, it, it honestly probably was Keelan's retirement game. And, mm. I, and I think from a full team standpoint, you know, we have collectively had struggled to put performances together all year. You know, it was kind of, it sort of had the vibe for at least the better part of the first part of the year, you know, when that the offense would struggle, then the defense would struggle. And it was just never really that complete game. Um, you know, and we kind of with Keelan and at the end of the year, I think we just realized how much, you know, was left to fight for. Um, and we, I mean, she scored and we put on a fantastic performance against the spirit and, you know, I think we finished two Oh, and it was just, there was so much emotion. Um, you know, Every player was kind of like do or die was putting their body on the line. And, you know, I, I just wanted to, you know, backstop it and give her the win because she deserves it. And also, you know, kind of show our team that we're still fighting for something. Exactly. And I think you guys did a, a fantastic job doing that, too. I mean, when, you, when you're sending off a player like Keelan Winters, you, you want to give her, you, want, you obviously want to send him off with a win, I feel like. And the fact that you were able to do that against, you know, the, the, one of the best teams in the league, I think, speaks, you know, very highly of you guys. Wow. Well, Kate, well, Haley, we really appreciate you joining us on the program today. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, we, we hope to have you on the program again soon. I'd love to. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thanks, Haley. We'll be paying attention to you in the off season, and of course next season as well. 
I appreciate it. All right, there she goes, Haley Kottmeyer on the Three Lions, uh, not the Three Lions, the Shop Futsal, that's what it is. I'm looking at Three Lions. We are presented by Three Lions, though, that's who it is. So, great to have Haley Kottmeyer on the program. We are going to run to a break. When we come back, we'll dive into NWSL a little bit more. It's been a weird off-season. People on Twitter have been losing their minds. And, of course, the Jill Ellis experiment. Tomorrow night, USA versus Switzerland kicks off. We'll have to see what the heck's going on with that and who she might start as well. You're listening to Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. Got it right that time. Back after this. Inside the studio, two up front, presented by Three Lines Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Darn it, Simon. Seattle continues to make me like them. I don't want to like Seattle, but you keep having great people on the show from Seattle, and you're like, you know, fine. I don't like the Sounders. We haven't had any Sounders players on yet. I I don't have a reason to like the Sounders yet. Once, I got you. We've had three rain you. players on. We've had Keelan Winters, Haley Kottmeyer, and now I'm forgetting the last one. Oh. I feel like a terrible person. Oh, man, you should. Uh, Catherine Reynolds, that's who it was. No, she's a Portland. Oh, God, I'm so sorry for all the rain <laughs> fans. They're like, oh, my gosh, that's so, she's a Thorn. What was it, Simon? I don't remember. We've had, so, this is a good problem to have. We've had so many NWSL players on. So for all of you out there that are tr- crucifying us saying, you don't know the league. That's not true. We just have had so many on. Who in God's name was it? Well, you know what people can do to see who we've all had on. They can go to our two up front. Man in Malice. That's who it was. <laughs> <laughs> Twouupfrontsoccer.com. Uh, I think of who And it, it lists the massive amount of NWSL players everybody. we have had on our show. Everybody, everybody. So everybody just calm down, come off your ledge, stop thinking that two up front doesn't know what's going on. We do. We just have so many guests on and so many shows that it's it gets a little little confusing at times who have all been on the program. But back to your point. Yeah, I mean, every, every single rain player we have had on has just been... Outstanding. Class. And that's Absolute not to class. say anything ag- against all the other players no. we have had on. It's just, we just got off the phone with, with Haley Kopmeyer, fantastic person from Seattle. She just continues that storyline with, exactly. with players we've had on from Seattle being top-notch. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one, Simon. Well, let's, let's stay in Seattle for a brief moment. I know we, we kind of briefly talked about it with Haley, but Kim Little, no longer there. She is on her way to Arsenal now. Arsenal back Raiders, to Arsenal. Back to Arsenal, as, as many say. There was a, a deal she couldn't resist. Yeah, it came down to money, Baxter. Hmm. came down to money. And that's the one thing the NWSL is going to have to watch out for. They, uh, they don't pay their players a lot. They don't. I think uh, unless, unless you're one of the subsidized players from yeah. one of the federations, the league maximum is still under 40000 yeah. 39.7 if I, I, think if that's I remember correct. And then 7200 is minimum wage. It's like minimum. 7200 yeah. So when, when you have the Women's Premier League or w- whatever they officially call it over there. Um, women's FA, I think. Something to that effect. Something, I don't know. Some whatever, whatever may be is, is they're starting to play payers more. And that's what you're going to start seeing. The NWSL, I understand they've, they, they're still getting their footing on the ground. They want to make sure that they don't go the way of the WPS or the WUSA, and that is going defunct. But at some point, you got to open up the purse a little bit more so that you can keep players like a Kim Little on this side of the she pond. She makes the league better. You heard, you heard Haley talk about that. She's like, she was, she was definitely the best player in the league. Which, you know, I think speaks a testament to Kim, but also to Seattle as well, that you can secure one of the best players. You have the best player in the league on your team, but also one of the best players in the world as well. Well, look, one of their goals is to be the best league in the world. And so far, that is what the NWSL mm-hmm. is. But when you lose the BBC America player, America, BBC player of the year, British player of the year, yeah. going back over to England, well, 
what's that saying? Exactly. That's what a lot of people are starting to wonder because this offseason has already been kind of chaotic. I need to be the first person to say, though, that the NWSL is confusing as hell in the offseason because there is no regimented calendar. There's not. Not to my knowledge. What, I have done a lot of what, searching. What do you mean by regiment, regimented calendar? Like, okay, this day on this month is when this will take place. Gotcha. The waiver draft. This is. I mean, I know that the league has obviously released details about you know the re you know the reentry waiver. Well, no, that's a, that's a good point. But like, how are you for uh, for fans that are trying to follow this league? If you're you know Joe Blow NWSL or out there, like, oh, this seems like a fun league. I wonder when this stuff takes place. There's sure. nothing. Right, and even even to go along with that, Baxter, I believe it was two days ago. The owners were going to be meeting. They even announced everybody were going to be meeting. Yeah, and at the start of the meeting. They put on an announcement said that we're going to postpone the meeting until further notice. How? I I think how is this? No, I will say I will say in that part that particular instance. I think it may have had something to do with Kansas City. Kansas City's up yeah. for sale. Uh, there That's was a, a buyer in right Minnesota now. who said uh, you know who basically is going to buy the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did come out and reassure, reassure people, say no, we're keeping the team in Kansas City. A lot of people were saying, why doesn't Sporting pick this team up? Uh, Brad Heinemann yeah. from How Sporting. How do you win numerous championships and be the team for sale? That's what bothers my It's all about the me. moolah, Baxter. I know That's it just is. like the Milwaukee Rampage here. They won a championship next year, gone. Yeah, just gone. That's how they celebrated. <laughs> celebrated into, into extinction, I guess. That's, that's one way to go out on top. Uh, yeah, right. All right, good. Let's fold the franchise. We're the best team. No one's ever going to beat us again. That's we right. are the best <laughs> best team in the, in the world, basically. So I, I am curious. Tomorrow is going to be the reentry wire uh, draft, as it were. It takes place from October 19th, 1 p.m. Eastern, until October 20th at 1 p.m. Eastern. I, there's no list yet. I'm sure that'll come out tomorrow. But are you are you sure? Uh, hopefully, <laughs> a cl- uh, this is what's so confusing. Like Absolutely. since the final has been over, I have been scouring Twitter and NWSL. Number one, NWSL's website is so so annoying. <laughs> It is. Baxter, I, Baxter's just letting loose today. I am. I, is, is this where it's we've given ridiculous. this league so much love that you feel, all right, I've got to pull well, back well, a little bit here? We've given the league so much love for what happens on the field. Yes. But it's yes. off-field yes. stuff sure. that is just absolutely horrible. And, and, and I will take that a step further as well and say, it's although it's not the same with MLS, mm-hmm. MLS is so non-transparent. Yes. It's the same thing. Like, yes, you know when the draft is going to be, you know what teams are, you but know, what, what you players know are going to be protected. Though. But what you never know is how much players are sold for. Exactly. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You yes. know, everything is... Both leagues right. are a little, you know, shifty like that, obviously. And, and, and in MLS's case, take off the training wheels, be a grown-up. You're, you're 20 years old now. Yeah. You know, you can almost let, drink. You can almost drink. <laughs> let people let people in on what's going on. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of how I feel with NWSL's website too. I mean, aside from I was this close to emailing the communications director of the league and being like, "Can I please have a schedule?" Because <laughs> I would like to. I'm trying to cover your league. I'm trying to support you. I'm trying to help you grow. But you're making it really hard. <laughs> it was ridiculous. You're really upset about this. It's <sighs> no. I listen. I agree with you, Baxter. It's it's. Uh, you don't you don't get a lot of information on it, so that that's one simple thing that they could do is is Help bring this out. bring this web page up to the just a little bit you know twenty first century even just the general outline of like you don't even have to give me official dates be like the re the you know the wire the waiver draft will take some t- will take place in no- or at least November let, let, or let us know what players draft. are on exactly that or list. why are we not seeing more announcements by teams when they waive players how often do you see like seconds after in any other league oh blah 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 wait blah 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 signed sent to the do practice you, squad. do you think do you think any of that has to do with the media or are you saying even on the team pages even, even on the, the nwsl pages? page yeah. should have that kind of strolling uh, scrolling list of players released yeah. yeah i think they should i could yeah. go with that yeah I'm, I'm not asking for too much maybe i am maybe people listening are like you're asking for too much the league is too young i feel like we're in the 21st century i feel like it's not rocket science to send a quick little tweet Boston Breakers release blah blah blah. That's all it has to be, or wave blah blah blah, or you know Western New York Flash sign blah blah blah. Yeah, the- at the same times maybe it is so bare bones in the front office that that we're not aware of that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll give a little give there. Of course, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not trying to be that guy and just come down super hard, but at the same time, if you want this league to grow and you've got people like us and thousands of other people out there that are just begging for NWSL. 
you got to help. You got to. It's got to be a two-way street. Sure. You know. Yep. All right. Uh, one other thing. Let's talk about the U.S. Women's National Team. They play Switzerland tomorrow. Tomorrow in Utah. Uh, Kalia Ojai will go back to the home state, the motherland of Utah, uh, to play her first ever U.S. National Team senior level game. Will we see her start? Will we see a lot of these new players right off the bat? Or are we going to see a mix and match? I, I, it's a, th- this roster is, is full of a lot of good players, but I don't know which way Jill Ellis is going to go. What we do know is Pia's really upset right now going, Wait! I don't know these players! Yeah. <laughs> How exactly. Do I, how do I prep against this U.S. team? Exactly. Well, that well, thankfully they're not playing Sweden though. They're playing Switzerland. Oh, Switzerland. I'm Switzerland. sorry. I was like, did PS switch? Oh no! What's going on? You know what it was? I had. Uh, I was looking at all the results. I saw Sweden in front of me ah, instead of Switzerland. Gotcha. Those SW nations. They confuse me. That's yes. all on me. It's not on them. It happens. <laughs> so Lynn Williams and Ojai, they need to be the starters up top, don't they? Tomorrow, just put them right in and just say go and see what happens, or no. Or do you ease them in? You've got Shea Groom on the team as well. I mean, you've got other players that are, are capable of playing. Well, that that's forward. the thing. If we're talking about easing them in, who is it that you're going to ease in? I mean, just yeah. Kristen almost, Press yeah. is on this team as well, too. Do you start Press and say, well, we'll pair Press with Williams or Press with Ohio? Yeah, I do, I do, do you play think, all three? I, I think you do. I think you put Press up there yeah. um, and have that veteran leadership yep. with no matter who else you put in there. You've got Crystal Dunn as well, too, who technically plays forward, but I'm sure she'll probably get kicked out wide right um, instead of being that, you know, that she's not really more of a, a, a right up the middle striker. She is more of a, you know, across the board. Yeah, I mean, the spirit we're using her sometimes in the right wing and then sometimes if they're playing a 4-4-2 mm-hmm. as, as a right forward. Yeah, so she's obviously capable of playing you know, a lot of those. But in these friendlies, I believe it still is unlimited substitution. So hopefully... Still, well, they usually do seven. Seven well, that's substitution. That's true. Seven, but yeah. seven is really all you're going to need sure. to see the new players. Sure. You know? So I would love to, to see some of the new goalkeepers. Obviously, I'm assuming Alyssa Har- or Ashlyn Harris is probably going to start or Alyssa Nair is going to start this game. Maybe they'll swap at halftime. Possibly, I want to see Casey Short play. I want to p- see Emily Sonnet play. Uh, yeah, I definitely want to see. Definitely want to see Casey Short in the back. Aaron Gilliland, Abby Del Camper. I mean, there's a lot of new defenders along with Becky Sauerbrunn, of course, and Kelly O'Hara on this team. So you know, actually, I, I'll tell you this, Baxter. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see um, Lynn Williams and, and Crystal Dunn start up top. I could see that, and yeah. then uh, Just go and, with the straight and, speed. Sure, yeah, and then you have Sam Mewis. Yeah, hanging in right behind. Exactly. You've got Allie Long. They might play with Long and... and um, well, you've got Carly Lloyd hanging out there as well, plus Tobin Heath and Morgan Bryan. So, I mean, it's, it really, a, it's, it's a good problem it's, to have. It's, yeah, it really is a question of how much do you blood the new players exactly. and, and how, much, how much do you let these veterans who... Um, you know, they've been leaders, but not as strong of leaders as they needed to be because of the other players that used to be there. Uh, you know, you give them an opportunity to feel what it's like to have to take a game on on their shoulders. Did you know that Tobin Heath has 124 caps? Really? 124 caps. She is the second most capped player on this roster. Becky Sauerbrunn is 115. Carly Lloyd is 230. Yeah, it really is a question, Baxter, hmm. of if, if Jill Ellis is all about this youth movement, how much of the youth do we see start this game? Yeah. That's that's the big wild card. That's why it's hard throw to... throw them in for the first half and say, yeah, let's see what happens. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard to almost talk intelligently about this game and that's preview true. it. I agree. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we will talk about MLS. I'm going to talk about how much the Revolution sucked because I got to see them firsthand. We'll talk about the playoffs. Playoffs? And maybe who the MVP is. Is it clear yet? I don't know if it is. We'll have to see if we can figure that out. We'll be back with more. It's Two Up Front presented by Three Lines Pub.
Welcome back inside the studio. Two up front, presented by Three Lions Pub. I'm Baxter Colburn. This is Simon Provan. Here from the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. We roll along with the show, headed into our MLS segment. A lot of things to talk about. But first, uh, just recently on Twitter, just announced, just uh, minutes ago it looks like, 39 total minutes ago, uh, Katie Schofer of the Boston Breakers uh, announcing that the Breakers will not be picking up her option and she will not be returning to the team next year. See, at least something like that helps. I was going to say, Baxter, here you are just complaining about, you know, never knowing what's going on, and, and, and here's a team that actually lets us know immediately what's going on. Exactly. So. Well, it was it was the player herself, not necessarily ah, the team. Ah, all right. Kat posted it, or Kate posted it on her Twitter. Gotcha. Saying, saying well, her little statement, as it were. I haven't seen anything come through yet from Boston, but I also haven't been looking terribly hard. I'll have to see. Either way, playoff, Simon, MLS... All that fun stuff. It was and, a fun, and, and, fun weekend. Yeah, and, yeah Boston has and, not said a single thing on their Twitter yet. Uh, okay. Fact. I love your question. Who is MVP? Because with Javinko having been out, which, by the way, he came back, mm-hmm. played really well, almost got a few goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's good to see him back on the field. It is, but but is he an MVP candidate still with... Uh, have been going out for so long, but we'll get to that question later. Exactly. All right. Uh, we need to talk about the New England Revolution briefly, I feel Yeah, like. so you were down at the game, Baxter. I was. I was down there. at uh, Bridgeview. Gorgeous Toyota, stadium. Toyota Park, yeah. My gosh, you were right, though. It is an awful area. Like, why did you put a stadium in the middle of, of like, there's this? it's horrible. Horrible to get to, first and it's foremost. It's tough to get to, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But the stadium itself is gorgeous. Like, I, I, I've seen it on TV, but I've never, I didn't realize that it would be as homey. You know, a word of advice I forgot to give you. Did you let them know that you were a Revs fan when you were parking? (laughs) I did not. This is something that's, it's actually a little awkward, I would say, but when I was down there... I was wearing Revs gear, so it was pretty obvious. Well, when I was down there, uh, I had pulled up to a parking attendant and said, I'm with the away team, where do I park? Because I knew the Timbers were going to, the Timbers Army were going to have some tailgating going on. And they said, oh, you're with the visiting team. And I said, yes. And they said, uh, or you're, you're one of the visiting supporters. I said, yes. They said, oh, right up over here is the VIP lot for Timber's Army. Oh. Yeah, okay. Perfect. So, Thanks, So guys. next time you go down there, let them know. What is, what is the Revolution's supporters um, group name? The, the Quiet well, People? The Quiet People. Basically. Well, I, they have the fort. That's like their... The fort. Okay. That's their... Um, like the supporters section is the fort. Do they have much of a traveling presence? Um, I When I was there, I saw... We actually had a lot of a couple of Revs fans right next to us, which was kind of funny. But um, probably off the top of my head, I think I saw about maybe ten Revs fans okay. total. Okay. I was honestly surprised I saw that many. There sure, was a, it was a whole family with Lee Wynn jerseys on. I was like, yeah. oh. I was like, all right, you guys. Obviously. Maybe they were Lee's family. Well, they weren't. They weren't the same ethnicity as me. Okay, so, okay. But all even right. still, there was a kid that had a Taylor Twelman shirt on. I was like, I had my Taylor Twelman jersey on. I was like, what's up, Revs? And we had like two Revs fans right next to us as cool. well. Cool. So it was. It was kind of a cool thing to have a couple Revs fans at least around. Or were they just disgruntled Fire fans who have jerseys of every other Maybe team? Maybe <laughs> at this point, be like, should I be a Revs fan today? But no, they were genuinely like commenting and upset when like the Revs did have something go their way okay. or not. But uh, it was a. From a from a overall perspective, it was a very weird game. There was two red cards in the right. game. The fire forward, uh, the captain, uh, Delu. That was funny how they would announce him. Delu. He got he got red carded, and then Brad Knighton got red carded mm. also. So for a while, the Revs were playing a man up and could do nothing with it. Then shortly after, Brad Knighton had I think a ball a bad ball played him, and he ran out of his box to like make a play on the ball and just completely leveled the player and got a straight red card. So we saw Bobby Shuttleworth for at least a little bit, which was kind of cool to see. But this this Revolution team is in trouble. I feel like because it's one thing to watch them on TV; it's one thing to you know just go based off of what the media is trying to show you. But when you actually are there in person watching it, this team. The Revolution don't look like they. I don't think they got the message that if they won, they would more than likely be in the playoffs because they looked like it was a Sunday rec league. Like they were just a couple of bros hanging out, knocking the ball around, just you know trying to score and do all these random like you know highlight reel things that didn't actually look like a team. So did they seem to care at all? That's what I want to know. No, they didn't. There. That was the thing. Like Kai Kamara sat basically trotted around the field like he owned the place, even though he did nothing of production at all the entire game. The only players that actually looked like they were trying were Diego Fagundes, who, who did score the lone goal and actually you know played exceptionally well. Uh, aside from that, I mean, Lee Wynn did all right. Darius Barnes did all right. Jose Goncalves got burned a lot because he's a slow center back. But 
I need to uh, hats all need to come off though to David Akam because if you talk about a player that touches the ball and the the Red Sea just parts for him numerous times. Again, we we've talked this, about this on the show, but imagine him on a team like FC Dallas. Yeah, with all those fast players around him, mm-hmm. all those very skilled players. Then you throw him in the mix. It's incredible. My goodness. I mean, like I've never seen players defensively see a player receive the ball and give him twenty yards. Who does that? I understand he's faster than you, but at what point do you actually say, I should close him down, right? not right. let him run through me, or let him run, you know, whatever, like, foul him. Take the foul, at least. Don't let him run through you. But it was it was so weird, because you go on Twitter, you see all these Revolution fans that are saying, is it the, fa- is it the you know, is it Jay Heaps? Is it the players? It's not Jay Heaps. I, I was there. I saw Jay Heaps. He was on the sidelines. He was yelling. He was trying to fire his guys up. And players like Juan Agudelo and you know Kai Kamara and Lee Wynn and Callan Rowe and all the guys on the field didn't look like they cared at all mm. what he was saying. And they just didn't look like they cared at all. There was no urgency. Well, the question would be, because uh, you do have a lot of people saying, you know, yeah. the Revs got to let go of Jay Heaps. Do they not care to play for him because he isn't a good manager? Like, yeah, he's standing mm-hmm. up there yelling at them, but yeah. that, that in and of itself doesn't make him a good manager. Exactly. You know, what's going on in the locker room? What's going on at training? Are there things going on there mm-hmm. that the guys are looking at him saying, hey, Jay, you know what? You are a good player, but you do not belong on an MLS sideline. And that is a very big possibility, but it's it's so hard to, to, to watch a team that is in a must-win situation not want to win. Like, I don't know what would have had to have happened for that right. team to be like, right. you, they had everything going for Because them. you would think at least they'd want to win in spite of their coach then if they yeah, had that like, problem. Yeah, like, look, we're going to prove whatever coach wrong that he may not think we're good or whatever and go out and still win the game. I mean, they had the man advantage. They were obviously the better team. They conceded early. They got the go- second. They got the goal back right away. But Chicago just peppered, peppered the revolution defense. They looked horrible. Horrible, 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 but hats off to Chicago. They were the better team. They they wanted it more, and they, they deserved to win. And they are fighting to not be last in the league right now. Yes. They're on 31 points. Uh, they're in contention there. Houston Dynamo at 33. So we shall see this coming weekend what happens. Yes. Is, uh, either Houston or Chicago will officially finish last in the league. Nobody else in the running. Nobody else in the running. I thought it was funny, too, on Twitter after the game. Somebody was like, and with that win, Chicago avoids the relegations. Oh, wait. <laughs> it was like, ah, that's funny. Relegation, promotion. Okay, here's the thing. If we had promotion relegation, Chicago Fire wouldn't even exist anymore. No, you're right. You know what I mean? If they if they went down, that would be it. And that's that's the thing where I would still say this country is not in the place yet where we can, where we can literally afford promotion relegation. Mm-hmm. I exactly. mean, if, if the fans aren't showing up already... There was a decent turnout for this game, but it was also Fan Appreciation Day, last home yep. game of the year, stuff yep. like that. So they had more incentives to be there. But I know what you're saying. Yeah, it's just we're, we're, I still just don't think we're in a place, especially when you look at the health right now of the NASL yeah. and how unhealthy it is. It's incredibly unhealthy. So it's just we're, we're not ready for it yet. I agree. I to tell people that, but we're not ready for it. I completely agree with you on that one. Well, let's look at some of the games that did take place. Uh, obviously, the fire beating the Revolution. The Revolution could still make the playoffs if Philadelphia loses by a lot and the revolution score a lot i think there's a 12 different 12 goal differential right now between the two teams yeah it, it ain't gonna happen baxter hate to, hate to tell you that it's not a guy can dream but i'm like the sure. revs will score six and concede none well you're looking at the union playing new york uh you know they they'll concede they, maybe they could a few. yeah they'll they'll give up two or three is is my mm-hmm. guess in that and the revolution they're playing against Montreal who likes to give up goals but not it's not, not six exactly even if they even if the the union lost and the revs won they would tie on a couple of different things but then it goes to the next tiebreaker is goal differential and the revs would still just not have a chance uh so DC United they must be good they beat NYCFC 3 to 1 resounding they were like, look, we don't care how good you may or may not be, Baby Blues. We're going to go and kick your ass. Well, not only that. I mean, they, they completely outplayed them. I mean, the only goal New York City FC gets is off of a penalty kick. Yeah. And I mean, first half, right? Yep. DC's up 3 nothing. Unbelievable. I, I was actually I was filming this weekend, so I'll be honest with the listeners out there. I really didn't get to watch much, if any, of the league at all. But I had all you know the Twitter mm-hmm. alerts and sure, all that. Sure, sure. 
I couldn't believe it when my phone's lighting up with all these DC goals. Yeah, I was I was honestly surprised too because all the all the games kicked off at the same time, which was kind of cool. They synchronized the right, kick off right. at the same time, and they'll I do that again this coming weekend. Yes, which is even better, so you can mon- you know monitor it in live. So following that game while at the Revs game, I was like, wow, okay, DC United, they uh they they've got a point to prove, I guess. Uh, we already talked about Montreal and TFC drawing at two two, Montreal clinching that playoff spot, which is of course their main goal, but. Not beating their rival, yeah, could maybe take a little wind out of their sails. Especially when you're at home, too. Yes, you'd you know, like but, to think you could win at home. But the magic of Piatti, something else. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. One thing I am curious about is the Red Bulls winning 3-2 to two against Columbus, but it's the fact that they were close to drawing, though. Like, the fact that Columbus brought it back within a goal is a little surprising to me, I feel like. I feel, you know, Columbus, you know, obviously they were down 3-0, but then they pound back and... S- score two goals and you know had an opportunity to to win you know to tie the game at least you know it doesn't surprise me too much Baxter because although Columbus has been losing a lot they've they've been scoring goals quite a bit uh and New York Red Bulls I don't know what's going on with their their back line and Robles there in goal Mm -hmm. but they've been giving up quite a few goals as well but when you have a player like Bradley Wright Phillips putting in a brace Sasha Kleschen uh you know, not his not his best game, but still, uh, he's actually to me one of the MVP candidates, which we'll talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Uh, the number of assists that he's getting, you know, the way he works with BWP. Yeah. Uh, at this point, it's almost like it doesn't matter how many goals the Red Bulls give up because they're just gonna they're gonna make sure they get one more than the other team. Exactly. Yeah, and that's that's the thing too. I mean, somebody tweeted out after the game too. They said the Red Bulls still have a strange habit of making teams who've been sleepwalking through games look like world beaters in the final ten minutes of their of the match. Yeah. And that's yeah. basically what it was. I mean, they scored in the seventy third and the eighty third minute and nearly drew nearly drew, you know, drew with the best team in the league, you know, quote unquote the best team in the league as it were. Uh Orlando, they got a two zero victory over Philly. Philly, you know, having that opportunity to assert themselves and really fully clinch everything. Don't, but they're gonna still more than likely. Yeah, do it but this something's week. rotten in the state of Philadelphia. They were a strong team. They're uh, you know, I guess first third of the season, but yep. ever since then, it's just you look at their record; it's peppered with little red L's all over the place. Yep, exactly. FC Dallas wins a thriller thanks to Carlos Ruiz in the dying moments. They beat Seattle two to one. Yeah, and I want to take Alexi Lalas to town because he had tweeted out something about this is a goal when Seattle had put the ball in the goal, but uh, was called back mm. because um, they had called it against a player running into the Dallas's goalkeeper. Oh. And uh, you know, Alexi Lalas is saying. Hey, you know, since when do players not have an opportunity to even go for the ball anymore? But if you watch that replay, that player basically runs directly into Chris Seitz. That's not allowed. It's not allowed. As one that has done that before, it's not allowed. I know that for a fact. And I'm sure there's plenty of people going out there saying, yes, Simon, consider the source. Yes, exactly. Uh, Galaxy, they win. Portland, they win. Interesting. Yes. uh, After we got off the air, uh, you know, Pablo Mastroianni comes out just a little bit afterwards and says, hey, you can expect a lot of changes that, yes, we want to win the supporter shield, but I need to rest a lot of my players. Our main focus is the playoffs. So I'm trying to... Pablo, I'm trying to figure out how to balance going after the supporter shield and giving my players a rest by playing well, your best players. That's how you win the supporter that's right, shield. Pablo. That's right. So, um, so I was very pleased as a Portland fan to see that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> keeps you guys alive in the playoffs. That's right, especially since Sporting Kansas City drew with RSL. Yeah, although I, I, I want there to be an investigation into that. I want to see if that was set up zero zero. They know they will both still be in contention. <laughs> <laughs> It's the 1982 World Cup all over again or something uh, like something that. Something like that. It was a fix. The fix was in. Fix was in. All right, fast before we go to a break. MVP talks. What do you got? There was another game that took place, <laughs> yeah, but we yeah, don't yeah, care. Yeah, it, yeah. it didn't matter. Uh, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna say at this point, really. San Jose, I, Vancouver. Yeah, no I'd, I, I'd almost like to see Sasha Kleschen win MVP. Wouldn't that be something? Because be he's, he's been commanding the midfield of the Red Bulls, and any team he would go on mm-hmm. would make that team better. I any completely team. agree. I completely agree. I so think it's my, that's, be, that's my outside pick. It's not going to happen, but there's my outside exactly. pick for you. Exactly. I think it's going to probably come down to Bradley Wright Phillips or David V. That's end, it. At that's, the end of the day. It's, it's going to yeah. be from the New York area. It's going to be you know someone that the league is in love with who can be the right. bigger poster boy. Englishman versus a Spaniard. Yeah. God uh, forbid it be an American in an American league. DP against the DP. Exactly. And like you said, you know, and of, I mean, okay, Bradley Wright Phillips... I actually think has a stronger argument I agree. than David Villa. David Villa's got that supporting cast around him well, that, that includes 
a Lampard. You yes. know what I mean? Who um, hasn't been healthy all season, though. Right. You got well, that's, that's true. Been, you that's got Clashen that's been helping BWP all year, that's, too. Yes, you know? yes. It's going to be a tight it's race. tough. Exactly. So uh, I say if you can't figure out between those two, give it to Sa- Sasha Question. Perfect. There you go. All right, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show, give you our power rankings, do some CCL predictions, and close up the show. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub. It's Two Up Front, presented by Three Lions Pub from the Attention Era Media Studios in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I'm Baxter Colburn. And this is Simon Provan. All right, Simon Provan. Reminder for all of you wonderful people out there, Tuesdays and Thursdays live from 12 to 1 p.m. Central Time. And maybe some sad news or happy news for some of you, depending on who you are. I will not be here for the next three shows. In, I'll be here in spirit. I'll be around. Sure. But I won't physically be here. And I can tell you that on Thursday, our guest co-host will be Mark Litton, who yeah. was our recent guest. and. Working on other special guest hosts for uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Or, exactly. You know, maybe I'll do. Maybe I'll do one show by myself, Baxter, and just upset the world out there. <laughs> you just going, like to hear yourself. We talk. gotta listen to him for <laughs> sixty Not minutes. Simon. No, we can't do it. That would be kind of funny. I just wonder how many people out there are actually going. He's he's right. Yeah. No, I don't want to listen to him yeah. for sixty minutes. Or maybe people are like, good, finally get rid of Baxter. Finally, just hear Simon. That's all we want to hear anyway. Is just Simon. He actually knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Well, you never know. It could go a couple of ways. But yeah, I'll be traveling for work, but uh, I'm hoping to maybe call in a show or two, depending on what's going on. Yeah, you're going to be... Make a sure Simon's keeping things together. World traveler. Toronto, yep. LA, New York. Yep. And I'm not going for MLS games either. I, I wish. But uh, yeah, I'll be hanging out. I'll yeah. be around. So I'm excited. But I, I know you will. the show will be left in very capable hands. It's always about the technical stuff. Can Simon handle the technical stuff? Can he push stuff? the buttons? Can he plug That's the right. things in? That's right. We will find out. If I will tune in on Thursday, if, it's if radio <laughs> silence. Be like... <sighs> Listen, if there's one reason to tune in, it's it's just that. Just to find out. That's be right. like, guys, this, Can he is, do it? this is Simon <laughs> here. But yeah, it's like, what's going on, Simon? I don't know. It's just random like dings and stuff like going off. It's like, oh, well, either way. I'm sure that won't happen. I believe in you, Simon. Anyway. That, that makes one of us. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, what are we doing now? We're talking about power rankings. power rankings. So our MLS power rankings are out. Very similar for the most part. Uh, you want to start with yours? I will. We're, we're a little, we've, we've had a good string of being exactly the same. Yeah. But uh, a little bit different this week. Number five, I have Seattle Sounders. Ooh. Uh, reason is, well, the, obviously the other four teams above them, I think, are, are doing better. I had Seattle all the way up to number two the last time we did our power rankings. But they're a bit of a wounded animal. Obviously, they lost their last game, but it didn't help that Alonzo did not uh, play that game due to a red card. At the same time, Jordan Morris seems to have been in decline a bit Jordan lately. Jordan Morris! Where's he been? Uh, and Where's so, been? yeah, I, I think Seattle is still... One of the better teams in the league, and I'll, I still think we'll see them improve once they get Alonzo back on the field. Mm. But uh, number five for me is Seattle Sounders. Okay, just a, a quick thing for you. I saw this come out on Twitter since you talked about this earlier in the show. Uh, Drogba is going to remain with the impact after meeting with the team officials. Oh, so okay. Just uh, okay. an FYI. An FYI on that one. Try the end. Try the end. Yeah, very good. Uh, NYCFC is my number five team. Uh, even though they did get a beat down from DC United, beat down, beat uh, down. I still think NYCFC is one of the top five teams in the league. They've got the offense. Defensively, that's not really there. But when David Villa's, you know, running around, you know, all over the place and being a contention for, you know, Golden Boot winner and MVP, I think you're doing something right. Let me ask you this. Yes. If Colorado and New York were to meet, would New York, New York City, that is, 
be your pick, or would you take Colorado? Ah, uh, it depends on where they're playing. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, I ask you because number four for me is Colorado. Yes. Colorado Rapids. Yep. Uh, they've... They lost their last game because they had so many starters mm-hmm. out. They had their B team out there, basically. Um, so, yes, they lost to a poor Portland Timbers. But at the same time, I'm, I'm going to give them some uh, benefit of the doubt. So yes. I, I still think they're one of the strongest teams defensively. They've also seemed to have found their offensive spark, again, this last game notwithstanding. So for me to not have Colorado would be, for me, in my rankings, completely dishonest. Okay. So I've got the Rapids at number four. All right. I have the Sounders at number four. Um, despite their last loss there to FC Dallas, they hung tight with one of the league's best without Alonzo. Ladero is doing everything he can. Yeah, Jordan Morris is tired, but I think come postseason time, Seattle is going to probably at least win one of their postseason games. I, I agree with you. And I, I think they're still, they're still that team that you go up against any team in this league and you really don't know. You can't look at Seattle against any team and be like, "Hmm, maybe they won't lose." Right? Like, you know, they right. they you know against any of the good teams. You know, obviously. So I think Seattle is certainly a team that is very capable of of doing a lot of good things. So that's why they're my number four. Uh, our number threes are the same with FC Dallas. Yeah, the rest of the way we are the same. Yes, uh, FC Dallas at three, DC United two, and the Red Bulls at number one. I don't know if we need to have too much of a debate. I think DC United is better than FC Dallas currently. Currently, yeah. Yes. And Over, that's, that's, overall. That's really, that's just it. That's the only reason. Well, part of it too, now going forward, we've got to see what happens. Diaz suffers a, yeah. a pretty bad injury. And that's not what you want. No. And that's again, why they signed Pescadito. The yep, leader of the team. Um, Rudy playing well, you know, uh, getting the goal as well. And he had talked about how playing with, with uh, Ruiz has actually been a great thing for him yeah. to learn from him, which is cool to see. But... We shall see what happens in this in this last weekend and going forward for FC Dallas. I agree. One question I have for you. If DC United doesn't make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, was there too much hype surrounding this team? DC United? Yes. If they don't make don't it to th- the Eastern Conference Finals. What, what hype are you talking about? Late in the season? Yeah, because late season hype saying, like, oh, they're on the rise. They're a really good team. No, because they have been a really good team. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think it is overhype when you look at the fact that DC United, a four-game win streak, six-game unbeaten streak. Yeah, uh, their players are playing well. They're playing for each other. Talk about the opposite of New England. They're playing for Ben Olsen, who exactly. a lot of times, you know, throughout the season, DC supporters were saying off with his head. Yeah, and oh, I know. Now, and now he's got them. Now he's got them as one of the hottest teams. In Major League Soccer. So, hmm. no, they, they've done a turnaround. They've proven to themselves what they can do. They've proven to themselves that they can perform week in and week out. That, to me, is is very successful for DC United. I agree. Is the late season hype unwarranted? Absolutely not. Hmm. Okay. All right. Um, we, and obviously the Red Bulls are number one for a lot of various reasons. We need to talk fast about the Champions League because we really need to end the show. So, we I do. know you want to talk about it, so go. Well, I just want to talk quickly about uh, Portland is taking on Saprissa at yep. home. This is very tricky now. It's not as cut and dry as it was last last time they were in the situation. Yep. Uh, Caleb Porter's got to figure out what players he's going to play because what's his priority right now? MLS playoffs? Trying to get in there? Or is it taking on Saprissa and trying to get into the CONCACAF quarterfinals? So it's really hard to make a prediction on that game. I'm still going to predict that Saprissa wins. And the reason I say Saprissa wins is simply because I think Portland's going to not play to full strength. Uh, also Thursday, we could talk about this on Thursday's show, but FC Dallas plays the team that I cannot Pronounce shoot it epicas shoot it epic. I don't right. know. They've got a they've got a reindeer on there. No, it's not a reindeer. They got a, a, a like a twenty point buck on their on their shield. But it does look like snow in the background, doesn't it? it does yeah. It's like a, it's the Christmas team. That's right. That's right. Um, Feliz Navidad. Yeah, that's an away game for FC Dallas. Look, I think they're gunning for the supporter shield. They don't want the Colorado Rapids to catch them. There's not much in this game for them. If I remember correctly, Baxter, I don't know if you have it, FC Dallas has already qualified for I believe the, so, yes. I don't have it in front of me, but I do believe you're correct about that. That, that or they have to to win this game. Uh, whatever it is, it's, t- yeah, it's, 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 about, it's about the supporter shield for FC Dallas. Setting them up to possibly win the first treble ever. They, uh, they have not qualified. They're tied on points, so all FC Dallas has to do is draw this game. Hmm, interesting. So... So there you go. That's my very, very cut and dry rundown for okay. them. Okay. 
All right. Well, we appreciate all of you being with us today. A very special thanks to Seattle Rain goalkeeper Haley Kottmeyer for joining us on the ShopFootsall.com call-in line in our second segment. If you missed any of the show, get it on demand by going to our website, 2UpFrontSoccer.com. And, of course, Tuesdays and Thursdays from 12 to 1 p.m. Central, live right here on Spreaker.com. Find us on Facebook, 2UpFront. Lots of fun stuff there for you to look at. Find us on Twitter, at 2UpFrontSoccer. And you can also find our personal Twitter handles, at Simon Provan, at Baxter Colburn. I'll be around. You're not fully getting rid of me. I won't be here officially, but I'll be around. I'll I'll always watch. Call in, Baxter. I will. Call in. Check in. in. Yeah, Baxter from Toronto is on the phone there. Oh, my God, TFC. They're the best team. No, I won't be that guy. All right. I'll I'll try not to switch the logo or the (laughs) name of the business or anything like that. Simon's up front. I like it. All right. He's Simon Proven. I'm Baxter Colburn with our manager being the one above. We are two up front. Hike the trail? Check. Order takeout? Check. Schedule heart checkup? Done. We've all adapted to a new way of living. Keep your health care on schedule with Johns Hopkins Medicine, where your health and safety are our highest priorities. We're ready to care for you through virtual and in-person visits across Maryland and the greater Washington region. Your health, our experts, safely caring for you. Schedule your care now. Learn more at hopkinsmedicine.org forward slash safe. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Hip, 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 powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.